kind of widely documented that we are more obese than we've ever been. Yeah, um, it's a big problem. It is a big problem for surgeons because if when you're obese, it's harder. And I'm not a surgeon by any means or a doctor, yeah, yeah. but we know that it creates all kinds of complications for the surgeons and right. staff. Your healing is compromised. Mm. Um, you know, everything is more challenging when you're morbidly obese. Right. You know, uh, we have a, a high patient population of folks who, for example, want to come in and get a total knee done because they have mm. a bad knee. Well surgeons, orthopedic surgeons won't do your knee if you're morbidly obese or you're over a certain right. BMI. Um, so then it just kind of spirals out of control. Now you have a patient who has a bad knee, they're morbidly obese, they can't get a new a knee replaced because the surgeons won't do it because mm-hmm. they're, they're too high risk. And now they're immobile, they can't mm-hmm. move. So it, now they just get bigger and bigger. Good morning, everyone. This is Mark McCain, and I'm solo today. Jared is unfortunately under the weather. We're listening to Triumph Every Day, where we talk about the journeys that shaped the lives of our guests and how it brought them to where they are today. And we do have a special guest, as always, Mr. Mike Lee, member of the gym. And uh, welcome, Mike. Thank you. And uh, yeah, man, we'll just start with, uh, for all the people that might not know you here at the gym or that's listening, just uh, a little more about yourself and you know I know you're from the area originally and yeah tell us a little more yeah so I uh, I grew up in Independence right down the road I uh, went to Simon Kenton High School and, and graduated from there and went to uh, Miami University and uh, moved away for a little bit moved to uh, Atlanta uh, area northern Georgia area for some work and then I tra- uh, moved away from there to Michigan and then after a few years of being in Michigan, uh, I met my wife, my, my now wife from Michigan, she's from Michigan, and uh, we moved back to the Cincinnati area and, and uh, got married and had our first kid and decided we wanted to be closer to my family because we need a little bit more support, and uh, so we ended up building a house down in Union about eight years ago. We've been here, been here ever since. Very cool. So uh, you kind of bounced around a little bit after, you know, obviously being here most of your life, going to school at Miami, um, Ohio, which is, what is that, about an hour? Yeah, yeah. yeah a little bit, a little over an hour from here. Yeah, so not, not too far away. Uh, what, what, what was taking you to the uh, different uh, areas of the country? Was it just work? Or? Just, just work. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I basically started working right after graduation. And uh, when I lived in, in Atlanta, which is a brief few months for, for training, Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm I'm in, I'm in sales, so I got put in a territory in in Metro Detroit. I remember when I got my 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 first job, the the company said, "All right, pick seven states that you'd be willing to live in." And I just kind of oh, went wow. Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana. I kind of went around. And yeah, yeah. The seventh state I picked was Michigan. <laughs> of course, and, and of course. course. That'd be the last state. Who wants to live in Detroit? But oh, uh, so within Jeez. a few weeks of being there, that's where they decided they were going to put me and my brother. My twin brother both worked for the same company out of college, and. Uh, mm. But I, I, I love my time in Michigan, and of course that's where I met my wife, so that's uh, kind of my second second home. Yeah, I mean, at least you got one good thing out of it, right? <laughs> that's right. That's you know? Right. <laughs> um, so maybe tell that story a little bit. How did you meet your wife? How did that all thing unfold? And you know, did you walk in and sweep her off her feet kind of thing? Or? Not really, <laughs> uh, but it is, it's kind of an interesting story, I guess. We work for the same company, so I worked for this company for uh, about a year before 
Uh, she graduated. She's a, a couple years younger than me, and she graduated from college and got on with the same company as a sales rep as well. And and I had heard she was real cute and all the stuff. And some of my counterparts oh, yeah. had told me about her, <laughs> told me about her. And we were actually doing a a sales meeting um, for customers in her whole in her college uh, hometown of Mount Pleasant, Michigan. She went to Central Michigan, and the. Uh, the first time I saw her was on a golf course. I was working uh, like a golf hole for a golf outing we were doing for customers, and I saw her, and she stepped up to the tee and just striped one right down oh, the middle. Oh, And she was adorable, and I said, I'm going to marry that girl. That's the wow. first thing I said. And wow. I didn't see her for months because she had to go away for training, didn't know if she was ever going to uh, you know, even work in Michigan. But uh-huh. uh, sure enough... As fate would have it, she came to uh, Michigan, was working kind of alongside me, and we started dating right away. And yeah, and then she left the company, strangely enough, and then got a position in Cincinnati. So she mm-hmm. became a, phar- a pharmaceutical rep, and so she was working in my hometown, and yeah. I was and, and living in Cincinnati, and I was still stuck in Michigan in her hometown. So we did like the long distance thing for a little bit. Right. But yeah. So yeah. That's an awesome story, man. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> I love come that. To find I, out, come to find out, she wasn't that good of a golfer. Oh, that was really? really the was, first time she ever played. Lucky, yeah, lucky. But she just striped one the first time she ever played. I think that's what we're all curious about. Like, all right, how good is her golf game? You know? <laughs> Can I get some lessons? Yeah. Um, well, very cool. Yeah. And uh, I know we're kind of moving relatively quick through some stuff. Um, growing up in the area, going to Simon Kenton, I know you were a big time uh, into wrestling. You and you, So we can talk about that. We can also talk about, um, you know, recently... I guess not super recently. Matt, your twin brother, started at the gym. I know you kind of got him involved here. I know you guys are real close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, what was it like, uh, you know, being an athlete in high school, and uh, and even into college, and then now, um, you know, uh, working out at the gym. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, growing up, having a twin brother and having older brothers. I have brothers that are. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Seven and eight years older than me, and they were always into sports, playing football, baseball, and. They got into wrestling in high school, um, and our, at the time, our high school had a really, really good, solid team. They ended up winning the team state championship. Oh, wow. My, my one older brother was a senior, and the other brother was a junior in high school. But So they've always kind of got us into sports. I mean, we started playing baseball and soccer. Mm-hmm. It was my first sport I actually ever played for one season, and then we immediately transitioned into football and started wrestling in third grade, which around here, there really wasn't a lot of youth wrestling there actually wasn't any youth wrestling at the time it was really just high school varsity and junior varsity wrestling and but because we had older brothers on the team we kind of worked it out with the coach that and we were twins so we always had someone that we could wrestle with and practice moves on and things so our coaches were great and allowed me and my brother to practice with the high school team basically as third graders and we were we were probably the youngest wrestlers in the state of Kentucky at the time yeah. because there just wasn't a lot of youth wrestling around here. Huh. Um, but, yeah, we fell in love with the sport. We were always, you know, playing football. And then we kind of honed in on just wrestling after my eighth grade year. Both my brother and I had a really successful high school varsity season our eighth grade year. I played second in state as an eighth grader, and he took third. Wow. And um, so we kind of knew then that that was going to be the yeah. sport yeah, that yeah. we were going to kind of focus in on. and. And we, so we gave up football, which I kind of regret now because I love yeah, football yeah, and yeah. baseball. But we, we really just focused in on, on on wrestling, and unfortunately, we we had pretty successful high school careers. We both ended up winning state championships and uh, went on to, to wrestle in college, which was yeah, that's a big deal, man. That's really cool. Not a lot of people can say that um, state champion. So uh, 
I think you made the right decision. You yeah. know, it ended, ended up obviously uh, you get you know, college scholarships, then you went to to Miami. Mm-hmm. And what was that? Uh, what was that like as far as um, maybe uh, the coaching was it different? The weight training was it different? Uh, obviously, you're having probably more intense um, studies, and you're you're you got this little taste of freedom being yeah. a little bit away from home. Yeah, I mean, it, it, wrestling in college was so much different than high yeah. school. I mean. In high school, I, I think I had a, a winning percentage well over 90% of my matches, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then you go to college and, and everyone you wrestle is a state champ. Ooh, you know? yeah. So, it's not like, and, and, and I'm from Kentucky, so Kentucky isn't one of the most elite high school wrestling hotbeds anyway. So, it's probably middle of the pack nationally. So, you go wrestle kids from New Jersey and Ohio and Pennsylvania right. and California and these really, really hotbed wrestling states. And it's, it's a different level. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, my experience in Miami was kind of mixed. I mean, I, I had you know somewhat success wrestling there, and I you know I did get a scholarship, but unfortunately the program was under a lot of heat from Title IX while we were there, mm-hmm. and they ended up dropping the, the program going into my senior year. Oh wow! Uh, which to be honest with you, I was pretty burned out with the sport at yeah, the time, and I got yeah. to keep my scholarship, so it was kind of nice not having to worry right. about it. But um, but it was just it. Wrestling in college is a grind. It is in high mm. school too, but in college it's so much different because mm. you're traveling more and and of course you, the studies are harder. You know, sure. fly by high school and breeze through high school academically, but in college it's a little different. Yeah, Miami is a very well known and at least in this area um, for their academics. You know, mm. so I'm sure it was a uh, intense um, yeah. study. So yeah, so they dropped the program. Um, so you got the kind of uh, just hang back and be a, not hang back necessarily, but just really focus on your studies and and get ready for the next step. And and like you said, that took you to traveling for work and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I was double majoring. I was a business major and I actually, what I ended up doing was just graduating early instead of uh, sticking around for a whole full year. I just graduated Mm -hmm. in, in the fall and started working right away yeah. so just to get out of there. And so I had one semester where I was just a regular student mm-hmm. and didn't have to uh, you know, be a part of a team. So, and actually it was probably the most fun I had in college because mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. so much time on my hands. I, it was, it was kind, of, kind of odd, but uh, yeah, I don't regret it. If I, had, if I could do it all over again as far as college, I, I really love you know, graduating from Miami and I had great experiences there, but I, I, I think I may have if I could do it all over again, I may have wrestled in a smaller division. Sure. Um, you know, I, I was good enough to compete at D1, but that's the highest level of wrestling. I'd, right. You know, it'd been pro- I would have had a lot more fun and certainly more success had I wrestled at a D2 school or maybe a smaller yeah. school that not everyone you wrestle is a two or three times state mm-hmm. champion and mm-hmm. stuff. So, um, but. Yeah, um, you know, I was, um, so I, I've made it known on here before I've played some, some sports and whatnot, but. I uh, played some baseball, and I actually got a scholarship to go to a Division two school where I was from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of big Division one schools where I grew up, and it's a very small hometown. So kind of a little bit of retrospect and, and contrast to what you were experiencing. So I go to the school. It's about 30 minutes away from where I grew up. Literally could go home and still have my mom do my laundry on the weekends and yeah. stuff like that, which she actually insisted on. So that's a little light into my life. Um, but fastly realized that I was making some bad decisions there from uh, not focusing on academics. And baseball is a, you know, a pretty passive sport. It's not as nowhere near as intense as, as wrestling. So you can 
um, avoid the you know conditioning and, and you don't have to take as good a care of your body um, even though I've still always have been passionate about fitness so I was um, but the culture there was just not what I was kind of used to it, I didn't feel like we were striving to become better um, okay. consistently and then I'm making poor decisions just you know drinking and partying a little bit too much um, and seeing the grades suffer Little did I know, I made a big decision to move to Cincinnati the next year, and uh, it was the big city to me. You know, so mm-hmm. it was a huge, huge jump. So, and then I go and I meet with a recruiter for their baseball team. He invites me to come to a game. I watch a game. I think their pitcher at the time was was getting scouted. He was thrown in the mid '90s. Um, they had a shortstop by the name of Josh Harrison, who's a four-time MLB All-Star now. Mm. And I told him I played shortstop and I could be a pitcher, you know, and that was my two things. And did a little tryout for the team, and, uh, you know, they didn't have any scholarships available. You know, all their scholarships were going to football and to uh, basketball, yeah. stuff right. like that. But anyway, uh, I always thought I was destined to play Division One, and it was clear. I was like, okay, well, you know, you probably should have just stayed where you were at if you wanted to pursue baseball and just um, – probably eliminate your circle of friends you know but i didn't i couldn't see that happening um the only way i could see how that was moving so anyway just to contrast that i I can definitely uh, get on board with um you know looking at different schooling options for me whenever i made the switch it actually allowed me to end my athletic pursuits and then begin my really academic uh, pursuits because i was able to still graduate within the three years that whenever I transferred so it ended up working out I got to eliminate some of the bad influences and and that really helps and I think that's a lot of people in life you know even as you're you know seeing your kids grow up now and stuff like that I'm Mm -hmm. sure you want that for them is to like hang around people that are doing the right things and and sometimes they have to figure that out for themselves yeah it was for us in Miami was very different from a from a wrestling perspective how in high school, we, we actually I felt like all of us as a team took the sport a lot more seriously because uh-huh. we didn't have as many distractions. When we got to Miami, obviously, there's a lot of distractions in college. And, and then in general, we, we had that kind of overarching black cloud over the program, whether or not we were going to have a program the next year mm-hmm. because of time. Because it, yeah. it, it went away my senior year, but we were struggling with it for a couple years. We didn't mm-hmm. know if we were in a program, and there was turnover with coaches. and. So it was weird to be a part of a team that just had that kind of hanging over its head and then the effect it had on everyone. And I just remember we would we'd go out and party in the middle of the week. And we yeah. had, you know, yeah. wrestling. And we just never never did that in high school. Wouldn't mm-hmm. even consider it. But but it, it, it is what it is. And, and, yeah. and I, uh, you know, we, 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 had, we did have a good time there and I learned a lot. And it was fun wrestling at the D1 level and we had some, some success there, so. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's great. I think, you know, college, um, it teaches you a lot about yourself and, and decisions. And, and, you know, one of, like I said, I remember a pivotal moment in that process for me when I really was like, I need to leave. Um, you know, there was a me and one little kid out of the whole baseball team were the only kids that actually trained, like, on our weightlifting and, and, and fitness whenever it wasn't mandatory. And I remember one day we were doing uh, running, and we only had two coaches, really, full-time coaches, and they had a bunch of uh, kind of uh, uh, graduate assistants, stuff yeah. like that. 
and the coaches weren't there and everyone's slacking off and uh, me and another kid was a freshman we were like no we're, we want to get better so let's run these drills and we're running them and everyone starts like oh you guys trying to brown those and <laughs> it, it, like the, just the culture was just very poor um the coach that was there was kind of on his last leg he actually played in the majors was very well respected but apparently he was real close to a certain number of wins i don't know if it was like I honestly forget. I don't know if it was like three, four, five hundred, whatever it was, but it was well known that he was just sticking around to get some record, you know, of wins, yeah. and um, he wanted out, so he kind of checked out. So anyway, um, maybe just a kind of a current events almost type of question. Obviously, being a dad. Yep. How many how many kids you got, Mike? I have three kids. Three I kids. Two daughters, and I have a two-year-old son. So I have Abby, who's nine, and I have Evelyn, who's six. Okay. And Harrison is two now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, that's that's we can dive into that. I'm I'm curious. Um, you know, again, we don't have to go super deep down this rabbit hole. But has your opinion on college changed at all since obviously um, all the student debt and all these all these things that have kind of been brought to light in our system um, to where you know, I think by and large, it's it's probably still a good decision for a lot of people to go to school, mm-hmm. but to do it in a manner to where you're not going to be crippled um, by debt. Yeah, I actually just had a meeting with a counterpart of mine whose daughter is a senior in high school, and she's mm. very smart, 32 on her ACT. Wow. And That's like she, a, is that a perfect? I think it's close. Yeah, it's close. Yeah, she's, uh, she had to get a 32 to get a full scholarship to UK. So she just got it, and we just had this long conversation around it. But I think nowadays it's, it, education just costs so much, mm-hmm. and it, you just you really – I think there's more – the way I view it now is I really want to make sure my kids are doing exceptionally well in high school mm-hmm. so they can afford to go to college because, right. I mean, of course, we're, we're going to help pay, but it's just getting yeah. so expensive. You have to – and you have to look more probably at state schools and things maybe than you ever did before mm-hmm. because private schooling is getting so – it's just ridiculously expensive. I mean, I had a, I work in medical devices, and I was talking to a, a, a doctor uh, sure. a, uh, yesterday about his son, who's a senior in high school at Cuffcath, and he was, he's looking at the same things. I mean, here's a uh-huh. uh, you know a surgeon making plenty of money, I'm yeah. sure, but he is concerned about costs of, of undergrad and, and then of course right. medical school if, if he chooses to do that. So I think my my uh, I guess if if I have a kind of difference in opinion, I'd probably. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, I just felt like, well, I was going to be a, an athlete, and I was mm-hmm. going to get most of my schooling paid from mm-hmm. athletics. But you can't guarantee that, you know. And, and also, you really got to focus on your academics to make sure that you can hopefully get most of it paid for, because it's just, it's just incredibly expensive. It really is. And you know, just my two cents. And again, I've shared this before um, on a recent podcast. Like I, I've, I was one of those people that took out loans and I'm still paying them back and we'll, we'll be paying them back for a very long time. And, you know, definitely feel as though, um, I was deceived, you know, through the whole process. Cause again, neither my, my, my parents went to college. They didn't understand, um, what, what was really going on. And now we're, you know, still paying for that. Um, obviously, It'll be twenty, thirty years, you know, after yeah. I've after I've graduated, and and I and again I got through in a timely manner. It wasn't like I, you know, went to school for a ton of years, like a little over four years in, in college after transferring. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, just my two senses. 
I just want to make sure that, um, you know, if, if I'm fortunate enough to have kids one day and they decide to go to college, that they understand wholeheartedly whether, you know, it's whatever position we're in, whether they help them out or they're in a scholarship. Um, you know, my wife um, was, was always a really good student. She got a full ride, yeah. you know, to just ac- academics. And uh, sometimes I have to uh, help her understand just because she's so smart um, in that sense of like not everyone's that lucky, yeah. you know. So um, whenever obviously we got married and we, we do our joint bank account and she sees the student loan, she's like, well, why why did you have to do that? I'm like, because <laughs> I'm not a straight A student. It wasn't a straight A student or, or you know, had that, had that scholarship. So yeah. anyway, man, I think that's just a really obviously um, important thing, you know, whenever... Um, that's going on right now in our culture when we look at just the society in general it's just like i don't understand it um, completely why we're crippling kids you know you're talking about a surgeon that's <laughs> talking about money problems about like yeah. that that's that's clearly he's clearly and probably the the top five percent top one percent of an earner in, in in our country and and this guy still has to worry about you know his child going on to pursue maybe a passion of theirs yeah. And uh, anyway, it's it's I digress, but I know you're in that field um, as well. So how how did uh, I know you said you went for business? You got into mm-hmm. sales and medical. Um, you said you're selling medical supplies. Yeah, so I work for um, a medical device division of Johnson and Johnson called Ethicom, and it's uh, mainly products that are used during surgery and used in the operating rooms and sometimes in the ERs, but. Um, yeah, I've been doing it for a while now, and it's uh, the, the nice thing about my job that I like is that I, I and there's a lot of different medical device positions out there, and mm-hmm. uh, but my particular portfolio of products kind of is very broad, and it's pretty much used in you know almost any type of surgery, so I can go into pretty much every specialty inside the operating room, and they're using something of mine, so. From that standpoint, it's really exciting because I can go. Uh, I've been in open heart procedures, I've been in transplant procedures, and you know, orthopedic procedures, general surgery. I mean, pretty much anything that goes on in a, in a, in a hospital operating room, I've, I've been in and, and, and been a part of. And mm, that's cool. Yeah, I kind of take it for granted. I was thinking yeah. about when I was doing this. I'm like thinking about my job. I mean, I, I think a lot of people that I I, I talk to. Uh, who've never seen a surgery in person, you know, I, I think I kind of take it for granted how kind of cool it is, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, how um, you know exciting it is to be a part of that in any capacity, even if I'm just mm-hmm. kind of sitting in the back of the room, kind of making sure my product's being used correctly, which is mainly what I do when I'm there. Um, it's just amazing to see what these people do and how right. they're healing people and. And, and not just the surgeon, but the nurses and the mm, assistants, and the, the techs, team. and the whole yeah. surgical team. What they do is 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 really amazing. It's so. a well kind of oiled machine, right? Yeah. When we talk about like schooling, I, I, I admire those people in a lot of ways. We have several um, professionals in that field that come here, and I get to interact with them and just learn about. I'm like, man, just an hour ago, you were watching someone get their you know shoulder repaired, or. Yeah. You know, whatever, whatever the case may be, like I said, uh, heart surgery or this or that, this cancer surgery, and I think that's just crazy that they can go into that mode and and just be fine with it. And I know you're a person that you've viewed these and you've said you had to bring in some new hires before, and it's like seeing someone cut open on an operating table is like, oh, okay, I yeah. know, I know that this person could handle it because they didn't really flinch. 
I know me, I, I would be flinching. I'd be probably leaving the room. Um, but was that always just something from the initial like first day you walk in and someone's there getting a heart surgery or whatever it was? Was it just kind of like, okay, I'm, it doesn't bother me? Or well, was it something? It, it, it definitely yeah. takes a little getting used to. Yeah. The first, probably the first time I actually really felt woozy from seeing something was an open heart procedure mm. during my training. So I was mm-hmm. in Orlando and doing some training and I think they kind of set me up. They knew they were kind of testing me out. The rep who was training me down there knew the, the heart surgeon really well. And so they, they brought me into the room and, and I was kind of standing. Of course, we, we, we got to stay away from the sterile field. So we're kind of staying away mm-hmm. from the patient. But mm-hmm. I was standing up by the patient's head by the anesthesiologist and mm-hmm. they had me on this little platform. And, and I didn't really know what to expect. And when I right. got up there, I stepped up there and they just pulled this dressing off and it was an, an open heart procedure you know wow. they had done the sternotomy they'd already retracted back the sternum and and the heart's just sitting there beating and that was the first time i i fell a little woozy like my yeah. toes were getting numb which is a scary feeling because uh-huh. if you pass out and you fall into the sterile field that's a real problem so yeah uh but after that i mean yeah there's really nothing i mean there's some smells and things that mm. take a little bit to get used to um but but other than that it, it's it, you know once you've seen it a bunch of times you get okay with it mm-hmm. um it, it, there, there are really exciting moments. A lot of times, you're just, you know, some of these procedures are four or five hours long. You're just kind of standing there looking on your phone, and mm-hmm. you know, not, not mm-hmm. doing a whole lot. But um, I actually, a few weeks ago, when we had the the shooting down in downtown Cincinnati, oh, wow. I was actually uh, at UC, um, and they're the only level one trauma center in the area. So right. I was working in the OR when the shooting happened, and. Mm. Um, you know, I'm getting text messages from people on my phone. I'm looking at Twitter, and then they did a code orange, I believe, is what it is, where there's a, a, a massive shooting or some sort of traumatic occurrence right. in the area. So they they shut down the entire OR mm-hmm. and kind of kind of got ready. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know there were going to be 12 people coming in or wow. 15 people that were going to need surgery. So being there for that was 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 probably one of the more exciting things. <laughs> just seeing. That, that that team of people kind yeah. of snap into action. It was, and of course, I'm just there kind of observing cases and making sure my products are being used right, but just helping out in any way you can. And right. Fortunately, there were only a couple people that needed surgery and they, they came through, but it was. Yeah, the one, uh, one, one lady, I forget her name, it's escaping me, you probably may, may know it, the, got shot like 12 times. Yeah. That's a, an incredible um, story of survival and just. Uh, obviously misfortune to to be there um but uh to stick to it in the midst of being able to battle overcome that um it's it's crazy but so you're you're guys you're you're in that medical um hospital pretty pretty regularly Mm -hmm. um is that like a three four five days a week you're in the hospital so my job is kind of mixed between working with the business side of the administration mm-hmm. side, mm-hmm. supply chain people who are making the decisions on mm-hmm. bringing in products and contracting and pricing, sure. kind of the boring business side of it. Um, and then also the clinical side. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of 50-50. I, I probably spend three and a half days a week probably going into cases mm-hmm. and then the other half of the time, you know, or maybe a little, little less than that, uh, working with the supply chain purchasing people. So it just... It, it, it's a little bit of mix, which is which is nice for me. I, I you know I don't like to just stand in cases all day long mm-hmm. and watch other people mm-hmm. do surgery, uh, especially if they really know my products already. I, I'm like, why am I even here? But um, but so I get to kind of bounce around and, and find opportunities yeah. and initiatives and, 
and different things. So. That sounds cool, man. Yeah. Um, I got to ask, just being around that so often, do you see trends in people that are coming in for, for surgeries? Is it, um, you know, directly, uh, whether it's uh, obesity or just not taking care of themselves or um, certain types of, you know, is it mostly car wrecks or whatever it is? And then kind of a second part, two-part question, how I feel like we've already kind of talked about it like there's that level of professionalism are you just constantly leaving there kind of impressed by just like the shape people are coming in and then they're like wow that a person didn't die or that's they're actually made a speedy recovery um, yeah it's um well the, the to the first part the trends i mean it's kind of widely documented that we are more obese than we've ever mm-hmm. been yeah, it's um, a big problem. It is a big problem for surgeons because if when you're obese, it's harder. And I'm not a surgeon by any means or a doctor, yeah, yeah. but we know that it creates all kinds of complications for the surgeons right. and staff. Your healing is compromised. Mm. Um, you know, everything is more challenging when you're morbidly obese. Right. You know, uh, we have a, a high patient population of folks who, for example, want to come in and get a total knee done because they have mm. a bad knee. Well. Surgeons, orthopedic surgeons won't do your knee if you're morbidly obese or you're over a certain right. BMI. Um, so then it just kind of spirals out of control. Now you have a patient who has a bad knee, they're morbidly obese, they can't get a new a knee replaced because the surgeons won't do it because mm-hmm. they're, they're too high risk. And now they're immobile, they can't mm-hmm. move. So it, now they just get bigger and bigger. So, yeah. So, it, so how, do, how do we fix that, in your opinion? <laughs> you know, like, you're talking to the wrong person. I know, I that I know. Idea, but I, you know, I think just awareness, I think diet, fitness, you know, everything that we do right. here, I think is certainly, there's no silver bullet based on what I see. There's really not. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's hard work, right? It's, I it mean, is. you gotta, you gotta train your, train your body and your mind. Yeah. You know, so, uh, so obviously NBC is a problem with a lot of those people. Do you see a lot of people that are uh, maybe smokers and stuff like that? Yeah, especially that? in Kentucky. I used to work in Lexington predominantly, but um, in Kentucky we we have a lot of obese people. We have a lot of smokers, mm-hmm. so it's just the way it is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're those are very compromised patients mm-hmm. when it comes to healing and, and of course all the different cancers that come from that. And uh, so, but, but it seems like the, the the health. I guess the second part of that question wasn't as as precise. You feel like that we're increasing at a kind of increasing rate in the medical field with uh, just everything, technology yeah, and I, knowledge. I can tell you from our perspective, from working for a manufacturer who develops and designs products to yeah, do these procedures, we are, from that perspective, we have, we have had to change our product designs mm-hmm. to, to basically mitigate or to uh, deal with obesity. Mm. So we have a big portfolio that I deal with is our stapling products that goes in right. a staple. So for like if you're going in for a bariatric surgery and you're getting a sleeve gastrectomy where they're going to staple out you know, a big percentage of your stomach so that you can lose weight, mm-hmm. um, the stomachs are thicker today than mm-hmm. they were. The patients are, the BMIs are off the charts compared to where they were when we first started doing some of these surgeries. So based on that we've had to redevelop and redesign our, our devices to accommodate for that higher level of BMI mm-hmm. reinforce the staplers so that they don't bend and break and things and have right. issues because they're you know they're they're stapling on anatomy that's thicker and tougher to deal with so it's yeah. 
it, it's very common, especially in the bariatric world, where you know people are going to get bariatric weight loss surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, you know, it's they're, they're dealing with that, and from a from a manufacturing standpoint, we, we're we're having to redesign our products around some of these mm-hmm. trends that we're seeing. So yeah, I really wish people would would wake up um, on that sense of eating healthier, stop smoking. Obviously, that's kind of what we're about. Um, here um, at, at the gym, so maybe we can transition a little bit out of that. And how did you find uh, CrossFit? How did you find us? And yeah, so I actually started doing CrossFit years ago when I lived in Cincinnati, and I was in the Hyde Park area, and I was just working out at the time. It was Urban Active. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, I I lived in between two Urban Active, so I would work out at both depending on whatever mood I was in. But uh, but at the time, I had heard about CrossFit from a friend, and, at the, and there were there were no boxes at the time in the area. It was just the main site where you would yep. go log in, they'd post the workout oh, yeah. of the day, and and I would go to my gym and do it there. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was kind of my first, um, you know, I did it for a while, I, I loved it, but there was a few things, like I never, I never had a coach. Um, and I would do what they called the, the the official CrossFit warm-up, which mm-hmm. was, I think, consisted of... It was a, it was like, like a workout. It was like 10 pull-ups, <laughs> 10 air squats, 10 GHD, GHD sit-ups, yep. and then there was something else. Back like, extensions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't remember the whole thing. And it's like been a while. Like four rounds of it. But yeah, if you were doing that and able to do that as prescribed, you you had a good baseline you yeah. know, of fitness, and I think that's kind of what their intention was to really drill fundamentals yeah. you know, on that, on that warm-up, but yeah. Yeah, I was doing that, and then I, I, I really liked it. But then, of course, there were lifts. That initially, mm-hmm. it felt like CrossFit was it was things you can do in your basement. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how mm-hmm. it, it oh, felt. Yeah. Garage, you know, a lot of yeah. pull-ups and you know and, and things like that. Um, and then as I, they started putting snatches in there, and things mm-hmm. that I've never done before in my life. Sure. So, and then doing those types of lifts and at, at an urban active is you mm-hmm. kind of look like a you stand out a little bit. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, and then the other thing I was I was I started getting some elbow pains because I mm-hmm. clearly wasn't doing things the right way and uh, it's tough. Yeah, so I, I stopped doing it for a while, and then I just kind of when I moved down to Cincinnati, I built a home gym in my basement, was doing stuff there, and then just honestly, I've always worked out, I've never gone long lapses of not exercising, but mm-hmm. I just got to a point where I I knew I wasn't reaching that intensity level that mm-hmm. I did when I was younger, and just wasn't getting a lot on my workouts. I remember the turning point for me once, this was a couple of years ago, I, I was working out downstairs in my basement. I was probably down there for an hour and a half. Mm. And I came upstairs and I, I wasn't even sweating. Oh wow. And my wife, who's a runner, yeah, yeah. she's upstairs dealing with the kids and doing uh-huh. that, and I'm down there just listening to music and right. And she's like, you didn't even break a sweat. What are you doing down there? Yeah. And I was like, what did I do? I did a set of you know, incline press, and then I would go to my phone and text a friend, and right, then I'd come right. back and do another set. And I'd go to my phone and click on eBombs World and see what the latest uh-huh. funny clip. You know, so yeah, just doing it just wasn't really getting a lot out of the workout. So then I I just kind of made a decision like I wanted to do join a, a CrossFit gym, and I, mm-hmm. I uh, had a friend Steve Chapman who. Uh, I was in a golf league with for a while, and I hadn't seen him in a while. And then I I saw him, and he just looked different. Mm-hmm. Like he was just, you know, Steve's he ripped. He's ripped. Yeah. Everything about him looked ripped. I'm like, man, yeah. what are you doing? And he uh, he told me that he had joined here. I think about six months before that. Yeah, and, uh, that's probably about right. 
and I said, uh, man. And so he just was telling me what he was up to and where this place was. And mm-hmm. so I, I came in here and I remember the day I walked in, I, I, no one would, yeah, I think you were in the front, you were on the phone. I just kind of popped in the, into the gym and looked around and there was no one in there, uh-huh. but Scotty Johns was in there Oh geez. and he was doing uh squat clean, some crazy amount of weight. And, uh, I was like, yeah, hey, that guy looks pretty legit. You right. Know? So, yeah. uh, and then you and I start talking and, oh uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Steve, you know, just to that community building aspect, like Steve found us because he actually turned the power on in our new building. He was, yeah, works yeah. at Duke. And uh, you don't meet too many individuals that can walk into the gym that can just do a strict muscle up <laughs> and uh, that have humility like all over them. Yeah. You know, like you said, Steve is a golfer. Uh, still want to play with him, by the way, so I can learn how to play better because I know. Uh, he's like a scratch golfer or whatever, what what have you, um, but he's just a all around great guy. So yeah. when we when we, there's very few people that in the whole gym that I wouldn't want you know someone to walk in and, and interact with. But if there was a top you know percentage, um, Steve would be in that for sure because he's just so um, just humble and, and welcoming and and just an all around great guy. But yeah, so then. Uh, obviously you have a little bit of background and Jared can speak to that too I'm sure if he was um, on the cast that's actually where we met was at the Urban Active right there in Hyde Park and I was doing um, my heavy lifting you know I was trying to get to the 350 bench and all these numbers I had in my head and deadlifting real heavy and getting yelled at for dropping the weights Um, and Jared was doing CrossFit you know over there and I didn't know it and then you know, again, how I found it was I met a girl and introduced me to it. And then I started going to a gym and realized that my intensity was, was shit, you know. So, uh, but it really reinvigorated me in a lot of s- sense. Competitively, yeah, more eventually with myself um, than anything else. Just challenging myself to do things that I never thought that I needed to do, like a muscle up or a handstand push up or double unders. It just introduced so many new things to me. And I think that in life, just in general, like new things are good, like especially Mm -hmm. new challenges. And I think CrossFit provides this platform for so many people, even in, you know, now doing it nine years, there's still things that I'm striving to do. And there's still new things that are out there waiting for me to to do. Um, And and I think that's, that's, that's just helps in so many regards. So, what's the experience been like? I know you just did your first competition, and uh, maybe, second, I did the uh, second. Sorry, yeah, yeah so, so, sorry, second competition. Um, just like that, it fly, flies by, and it's <laughs> it's here and it's gone. So, yeah, maybe talk a little bit about that. I, I mean, I, for me, it's it's been exactly what I was kind of looking for mm-hmm. from a standpoint that, um, it, as you just described, it really challenges me in ways that I I know I would never challenge myself on my own mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm, I'm older than you guys so you get to a certain age where you uh, it, it's hard it's hard to motivate mm-hmm. yourself and mm-hmm. you have the other thing that I would say that I love about it is the efficiency of the workout like when mm-hmm. I get in here I'm, I'm committed to an hour or so working out mm-hmm. 
and I get more out of this and I know I would if I was doing other things even like running and things I mean running and you know it's, it's a good actually my, my wife's a runner and I have friends that are runners but like don't give us hate mail runner <laughs> but to spend 60 minutes running versus what I can do here in less time uh-huh. it, to me it's it, for you know it's no brainer it's a no brainer yeah. and um, I've always been a big proponent of full body workouts you know mm-hmm. um, you know it, it just lifting upper body and lower body and big muscle groups and, and obviously you get that here um, the other thing that I, I I really underestimated was just having coaches wow yeah. having coaches around you I mean I, I I'm not to kiss your all's butts but like some of the best coaches I've ever had are in this gym if from any school I'll, I'll let them know that <laughs> but it, it really it's the truth I mean because I think for me um, you know my technique's not very good and on uh, a lot of these lifts, and I'm constantly being reminded just little nuances mm-hmm. to to improve that make huge strides. Oh, and, uh, yeah. I remember the day I, I, I mean, when I, it took me six months before I can overhead squat the bar in this gym. And the day that I, I actually could do the bar, I ended up doing like 120 pounds. Right. So right. it was just like something clicked that oh, day. Yeah. One of you guys, I think it was, it may have been you or Chris, one of you it guys. It was probably me. No. <laughs> Said something and it just clicked, you know. And I think yeah. that's you know the progress you can make here and with with the support and the people around you and not just the coaches but mm-hmm. the other gym mates and things. It's, uh, it's you know, yeah, I, I love I love that, um, and I agree to you know the tenth power or whatever you want to say, man. Um, I you know I, I share a story. I do all the fundamentals, as you know. Had a guy in here for day one today, and um, you know was was honestly had a good baseline of fitness you know we we don't see a lot of people honestly that can come in here and knock out 10 Mm push-ups um he was you know able to do that efficiently and uh got midway through the workout he said man i'm so out of shape and one of the reasons i like to do the fundamentals is i just really try to share with them my experience because i think a lot of people look at the coaches like you know maybe not as much myself but some of myself but jared and chris like they're you know iron man you know mm-hmm. like that can that can fly and r- around the gym because they are so fit and but that's not without struggle you know that's not without uh humility and, and gratitude through getting this opportunity to be able to do what we do day in and day out it's it's, it's honestly a blessing in so many ways yeah. um but to have the perspective of hey man we have been doing this for nine years um and whenever i started i like I said, I was going to Urban Active, and I was deadlift and bench squat, and you know I had a 405 back squat, and then when I found CrossFit, I could not overhead squat the bar. So it was through, and that's what I was explaining to this gentleman that we had this morning, that did follow through and sign up, which is great, um, because it's it's great not like yeah we got his money or whatever. It's great because this is going to be a first step to potentially a life changing experience, mm-hmm. you know, to where. He's got two younger kids and a wife and just took on a new job. And that's a recipe for stress, as you yeah. know. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things this place definitely does is uh, release some stress. So, you know, I, I share that to, you know, just just um, say that um, the community here is amazing, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it's just you're constantly striving just like in your even in your profession now i'm sure and being a dad and a, a husband and we haven't even talked about golf you know it's definitely a game that you have to humble yourself and not every shot's going to be perfect you yeah. know so 
with with CrossFit, it's you have your good days and you have your bad days, and you have your movements you're good at, you have your movements you need to work on. But I would acknowledge you, man, and, and I love your competitiveness. And I think it was one of those things when you first started out, you were like a like a bullet out of a gun, and we had to rein you in a little bit. But um, we found I think a good rhythm with you now to where you know when to hit the accelerator and when to maybe pump the brakes a little bit and just realize that hey I, I gotta get a little more technical on some of these lifts and work on my mobility and that's everyone that's yeah. not just like oh you know because you were just saying oh yeah I'm not that great at no one is no mm-hmm. one no one no one is um, from, unless they're familiar with the lifts they they humble you and like I said it's a microcosm of life whether it's you know going to college or going you know entering into parenthood or whatever it is you don't always have all the answers and this is definitely one of those things where if you can come in with an open mind and check your ego it's it can really teach you a lot of life lessons not just yeah. uh, fitness but um, what's uh, what's what's maybe something right now that you're uh, shooting for in life or family or fitness a goal or a passion I know it's kind of a deep yeah way to way to go but I think um, you know, just to maybe you think about it, I'll ramble a little more. Um, I, I, to state the obvious, it's important, right? It's important mm-hmm. to have some type of North Star to shoot for. Sure. Um, and I feel like you're definitely a guy that is constantly pushing yourself in all areas of life. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested to hear. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I kind of break my, I would break that down a couple different ways. But I, I think, you know, first and foremost, I just want to be the best provider for my family I can be. Mm. Um, you know, I have three amazing young kids and an awesome wife, and she's an amazing mother to the kids, and I just want to make sure that, um, you know, I'm, I'm providing everything that I can to make sure that they're, you know, doing the things that they want to do and that they're happy and safe and all those things. And that, that's how I identify myself first and foremost as mm-hmm. a provider for my family. and. And I, you know, one of the things kind of tying it back to CrossFit is that I want, you know, I want to be energetic when I'm around right. them. I want to have the energy to get up. I mean, I got a two-year-old kid. I'm 42 <laughs> years old. Uh-huh. This kid's going to be 18, a senior in high school. I'll be 58 years old. So I, I think about that. Like, <laughs> I want to be able to, you know, put that kid in check if I right. physically have to when it's right. a senior in high school. And I don't know if I, you know, I'll be able to, but. I'm, I'm so glad you just said that, by the way. <laughs> But uh, so so yeah so those things I mean, that's a big part of, of why I've kind of transitioned into this part of my life with, with fitness and CrossFit is I just want to be healthy I want to be uh, energetic and uh, and I do feel like a lot of ways this this has been like a fountain of youth for me mm. in some ways um, but so that perspective and then you know career I just I just want to uh, be like what I do, continue liking what I do, and, and, and provide for my family. It's really simple as that. Yeah, I love it. So. That's that's good. And I love that you intertwined uh, back to fitness, because I feel like so many people, the number one excuse we definitely hear is I don't have time to yeah. do. And then usually my blunt response is you don't have time not to do this. Yeah. Because... You know, and I, I'm, I honestly, you know, like I said, I do our day one. You can call me sales department or whatever. But this stuff sells itself. Mm-hmm. And if after our first day experience, if people decide they don't like it, 
I want to point them in a direction of some type of physical outlet that they can engage with. So whether that's going down to um, Joe Daniels and, and swinging kettlebells or doing yoga or running or whatever it is, because without a doubt, and I know you can preach to this, um, we all need something physical in our life to get our heart rate up a little bit, to eliminate a little bit of stress, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be this, you know, super intense CrossFit workout, right? Which I think is overblown because we are not necessarily destroying our bodies every day here, whatever people think. We're, we're actually very scientific with our approach. Yeah. And um, the results kind of speak for themselves. Um, but yeah, man, I well, think... I'd, make, I'd yeah. make two comments to that. First of all, about the time thing. I kind of felt the same way. And that's the reason why I built a home gym in my house because I felt, well, I can always sneak a workout in. Right. You know, but... And when I started coming here, if you remember, my plan was to do the 4.30s and 3.30 classes, mm-hmm. you know, or, or maybe even later. But um, I decided to start doing the 5.30 classes because I felt like that was time that I was... I could be spending with my family yeah, or even 5.30 working. Yeah. You're saying. yeah, so I moved to the 5.30 a.m. class because my family's still sleeping. And, and it, 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 you know, so there are... Anyone that says they don't have the time, I'd just say just get up an hour earlier mm-hmm. or an hour and a half earlier than sure. you normally do and do it. And it does take a tra- time to transition. It's not easy working out in the morning, but mm-hmm. it's, it, it, for me, it's been, that's been life-changing for me because yeah. I, I, I'm a morning person, but I've never liked working out in the morning. Mm-hmm. Now I really enjoy it and it starts my day off right. I feel great. And, oh, yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Um, the other thing on the health side of it, when I started coming here, I had like really bad back pain. Like oh, I would wow. stand up in the in cases and mm-hmm. and you guys start working with me immediately on that and um, and within two months I have not had any back pain. Wow. So for folks who are intimidated about coming and do CrossFit workouts, I always tell them like, no, you need CrossFit to get mm-hmm. to prevent you from hurting yourself doing other workouts mm-hmm. because you know, you're working the whole body, the programming, you guys think things every everything through and you're not just working certain muscle groups. Um, yeah. all the time repetitively you're working everything and mm-hmm. and then there's the warm-ups the cool downs the stretching all the things that i know i wasn't doing right and uh, some of my other friends who don't do crossfit and work out a lot you know they don't do those things either so um you know that that's my advertisement for it but yeah I, i'm pretty passionate about it. i've talked to a lot of people about it especially i think there's an intimidation for people who are my age right you know again i'm over 40 years old so People think, well, I can't do that. I can't do those lists. Well, you don't have to be able to do everything. Just listen to your coaches. Mm-hmm. Just trust the process, and you'll 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 be happy you did it. You know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a trust factor, you know, and uh, giving us, you know, the, the 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 final stamp of, you know, what I am going to listen to these guys. And a lot of times, it's. You know, and, and you can obviously speak to this too. It's like we're usually telling people take weight off as opposed to put it yeah. on. I remember years ago it was always like, uh, you know, it's going to make me bulky or, you know, whatever. And, and they're just going to make me lift too much weight. And it's anyway, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's not like that. It's, it's not there's there's no CrossFit, you know, boogeyman under the bed or whatever you, you want to say. Um, that's gonna to hurt you or, or, or lurking in the in the shadows, but and I, you know. the other thing I'll add to it from a health standpoint and just mentally, 
Mm. You know, my, my wife, uh, she might not like me saying this, but she is a totally different person after she works out. Oh, yeah. I mean, she goes for a run. It's like she comes back and the house can be on fire and she's mm. okay. Um, I'm, I am the same way. Like if mm-hmm. I miss a day or two, mm-hmm. I start to get anxious and you, know, you just got to get it out of you in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, you know, mentally, you know, we're better parents when we're around our kids. Mm-hmm. When we have, we've blown off some steam. Absolutely. Uh, we can, we're more focused at work or we're more, more focused and more attentive with our kids. So I can go on and on about it. Yeah. And I, no, I, I do think that it's very, very, very important. Yeah. And when I say that again, it's it's not just the program we have here. Physical engagement, like say, hey, my wife's a runner. You know, my wife doesn't come to the gym, you know, to do to do CrossFit, but I still give her little programs to do at her gym, um, and uh, she does yoga with us here that we have now, and she likes to run, so she's very active. She doesn't necessarily do do CrossFit. Um, no, I can't do yoga. Yeah, that's I can't fair. do it. I can't. I need something where I can truly, where I'm moving so fast or lifting mm-hmm. weights, where I just don't. I don't have time to think. It's tough. Yoga it's, is tough for me to really relax. It's, uh, I probably need it, but everyone needs it. Yeah, to, really to a certain good. degree. Yeah, it's 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 different for sure. Yeah. It's a different mindset. Um, My wife does hot yoga. She loves it. Yeah, I did one of those 30-day Groupons of uh, Bikram yoga. It was like an hour and 15 minutes. And I want to say it's like over 100 degrees in the room. And the first day, I mean, I'm like CrossFit. You know, I got this. Uh, I got my ass handed to me. Uh, I thought I was going to puke the first day. And I realized that not only do I need to bring a mat, but I need to bring a a towel and I need to bring not just a bottle of water, but like a thermos or like ice because it gets so hot. Like day one, it was like the worst thing you can imagine. I am completely drenched in sweat. Mm-hmm. I am overheating to the point where like I want out of the room and they always encourage you to just, you know, it's always in a calming voice and you know, the little light music in the background. They're like, if you're, if you're feeling overwhelmed, just go to the back of your mat and hold child's pose. I'm like, I'm about to vomit. Like, I need out of this 110-degree room. But anyway, I ended up sticking with it. I only did it a couple days a week, so, you know, total probably 8 to 10 times. And I, you know, got, obviously, I saw improvement. But I really attribute the mental gains that I got through just pushing through CrossFit workouts to where I can actually stay in that room and push. And it's kind of callous my mind to be able to endure more pain so it's, it's on, you know, I can, and Jared talks about this a lot on this. It's, it's, it's retrained my mind to where now I've, you know, we moved into a house in December, got a small kind of yard to cut, but I got a 70 degree hill in my backyard. And I mean, this thing is a workout, you know, it's, yeah. it's probably about 20 yards across by about, it's probably, let's just say 20, 20 yards by 20 yards, you know, nice little chunk, but 70 degrees. You know, and it's a little lumpy. I don't know if I could have done this, you know, on the hottest day of the year um, several years ago. But, and my neighbor will look at me, and he just lets his go because there's no one behind us. Uh, and he's like, why do you do that? And I was like, well, you know, I, I guess I just look at it as a challenge, and I want to be able to do that. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to throw the spikes on, and I got to go side to side on it. 
and and get it done (laughs) it's it's kind of ridiculous and some people might be like well why would you do that there's no one back there but for me it's it's almost like a workout it's just like you know what i can physically do this so i'm going to do this will i do this the rest of my life if i live here maybe not but Mm -hmm. um you know i kind of take pride in that sense and there's almost like little things that show up daily in life that you probably don't even realize um people don't realize that you know, hey, with a little more mental toughness or physical um, fitness, you you might look at it a little bit differently. But yeah, I digress again. Uh, look, man, I I, I want to definitely acknowledge you before we finish this thing up as as being someone that we love, obviously having here um, in our community, and and you inviting your brother in, and I know you constantly are inviting people to come check us out, which we obviously appreciate as a small business. Um, but you're absolutely a very fit dude, regardless of your age. Very strong. Um, I can I can tell that you're not afraid to push yourself day in and day out. And uh, but you also have such a a good kind of heart to you, man. Where you've actually invited me to to golf um, with you, and I really uh, appreciate that on a personal level. It's been a lot of fun to get to know you, and uh, thank you for coming on. We finish out every show with um, what is your definition of success? Of success? Yeah, so we used to do fitness, if you've listened so you to something. You're throwing a curveball at me now. I know, yeah, I know. So you were a pitcher. Apparently. Yeah, you know. I, I had my, I had my I was, fitness definition all worked out in my head. Now you're well, right. you can share that and you can tie it into success. <laughs> um, success, all right. Now i got to think about that one. Um, it's heavy. It is heavy. I, I, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of success is happiness. Just yeah. um, you know, wh- wh- whatever, whatever you are actually, whatever makes you the most happy, that would be what I would probably uh, focus on in life in order to, because to, if you're not happy, it doesn't matter how much money you have or you know mm-hmm. the other things, the material things that most people strive for in life. It, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. So uh, that that's the first thing that comes to my mind would be. Finding an inner peace and finding mm. finding happiness would be my, my true definition of success. Now, my, my boss at work might say something different. But, yeah, but right. But th- that would be, uh, that's my personal definition. Yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thanks again for coming on. And uh, thank you for listening to Triumph Every Day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, iTunes. Give us a review. Like it. Five-star review. Uh, find us on triumphstrength.net, Instagram at triumphstrength. Thanks again. Have a great day.